Well, good morning, Aslan. Oh, my lands. It is so good to have you here this morning. Um, Aslan graduated this year, and uh, she's accepted a third grade uh, teaching job uh, in Anderson, I believe. Is that right? It's Calhoun Academy of Arts and stuff. So, man, we know that Aslan's going to do phenomenal things in life. She is a phenomenal young lady. In fact, it's been four or five years outside of youth ministry in the wake and the influence that you had in just our youth group is still very evident today. And um, I know that wherever you go, you're going to be hugely successful because you love God and because you put him first. And so I want to say thank you for your influence uh, personally in my own life, uh, but also in even my own daughter's life. Um, a couple of years ago, you led in our girls' um, uh, retreat that we do, and uh, she spoke highly of that weekend, but she speaks more highly of you and your influence. So thank you, Aslan. Well, we are, uh, uh, it is Memorial Day weekend, so we do know that some of you guys are on the beach or at the lake. So hey, maybe it's a good time to remind you it's time to reapply some sunscreen. Uh, So go ahead and just do that now. If you're on the beach, I know it's going to be kind of hard to view uh, the service. And so maybe later on, you may want to do a little recap of the service. But uh, reapply that sunscreen. We don't want you to come back uh, all uh, toasty and red like Walker is this morning. So uh, as we go into uh, today's message, we are in the series of holy living. And uh, we are talking about what it looks like to be people who are holy uh, because God is holy. And uh, God has called us to be people uh, of holiness and uh, to be set apart and uh, to live righteous. And so today we're actually going to talk about uh, being a parent and uh, the reason why we're talking about parenting is um, it is so important we understand that our role as parents is vital in the, in the discipleship and in the passing on of our faith to future generations. Uh, so if you're a parent this morning or you know someone who's a parent uh, and uh, you know that it can be very challenging, man, smash that like button right now or maybe even give it a, a love a heart uh, smash. Is that like a heart smash? Uh, smash that heart button. Uh, comment down below with an amen or I hear you, brother, because parenting is a challenge. Um, you just wait. Uh, those of you guys who do not have kids, you just wait until you have uh, your own children. Um, I do know this. In parenting, there's been a lot of joy in my life that I've gotten from uh, being a, a parent, uh, but also I know there's been a lot of pain uh, and hurt in being a parent and just kind of like the old crud mindset of, man, I've made another mistake and these two little ones are watching everything that I'm doing and they're listening to everything I do. Um, in fact, I was reminded of this uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, we were at a friend's pool and uh, we were swimming and uh, something happened. I don't know if I kicked the chair or something happened. I said, oh, crap. And Amy slash the Holy Spirit said, (laughs) she said, uh, oh, that's where Garrison learned the words, oh, crap. And some of you guys may be thinking, oh, crap. I mean, come on, Mike. You can do better than that, right? That's like elementary cussing. Uh, Man, I can say a lot more uh, words than that than you can. But uh, I say this word, oh, oh, crap. And she's like, that's where Garrison learned that phrase. And I started being checked uh, that if Garrison's saying that, he's learned it from somewhere, and that somewhere is me. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, crap, i got to stop saying, oh, crap. But it just proves that we have great influence in our families, and that they truly are listening, and they're, they're, they're going to do what we do. Uh, studies show, and it's, so, it's proven in years of ministry, that the biggest influence in our children's lives are our parents. 
we could say all cultures influence on my kids or all their friends, and they do influence them. And the parents, and we as parents, have the biggest influence in our kids' lives. And they can bring joy and they can bring pain. But today I want to encourage us to take and own the influence that we have in our children's lives. So you guys uh, were given a listening guide uh, via email this week, and I'm, it's going to be on the, the, the screen as well today. I would uh, encourage you guys to download this, to print it up, to take good notes, and post this where you can see this often, uh, because this is going to be some great advice coming from the Word of God on what it looks like to be a holy uh, parent and to live this righteous life that God calls us to be. So here it is, our first uh, uh, phrase that I want us to use and understand is this, that a parent's priority, a parent's priority is to gradually transfer a children's, a child's dependence away from them until it rests solely on God. A parent's priority is to gradually transfer a child's dependence away from them until it rests solely on God. On God, as children, as your as your babies are young, they rest completely on you, a hundred percent. But as they continue to grow and they start to, to to be nurtured by you, man, our goal, our role, is to train, to transfer their um, uh, soul responsibilities and their, their trust and their faith will become on God. We as parents, that's our role. Parents, our role is absolutely so important that you can train, change. Now, here's the cool thing. You can change and train generations and generations and generations because of your love for God. Um, I carry this in my Bible as a constant reminder, and I've had it in here since uh, 2003 uh, when my grandfather passed away, and uh, it's his obituary. And I don't know if we can see that on, um, on live television there, but uh, it is... Um, it is an obituary of my grandfather. And I carry this around as a reminder of the influence that he had on my life. And I am here, I believe, truly because of some prayerful um, parent, uh, grandparents, uh, people who, uh, grandparents who prayed and fasted for my soul because Lord knows that I needed a lot of prayer when I was younger. But I, I'm a, I believe that I'm here because of the generations that decided early on that they're going to follow Christ and they're going to make it part of their daily living. And they're going to pass it on to generation, to generation, to generation. And we have the opportunity to be able to do that as followers of God. As they grow, we teach and we train our families, our kids, and we disciple them to own their faith. Um, it's like, uh, if we're not careful, we can actually allow our kids to have this science project faith. And I use this example a lot, and some of you guys may have heard this, but too many times in our lives we allow this science project faith to enter in and Here's what science project faith is. Um, I don't know if uh, I don't know if this year the kids were allowed or able to do science projects because of COVID-19, but um, science project was always a fun time in the O'Hare family. And I know that whenever I would come in and I would start to represent and kind of give ideas to what I want to do for science project, my dad, God love him, he's like, "Hey, that's a good idea, but we can always go bigger. We can always go bigger, Mike. Stop thinking so small." And so I come in with this idea, hey, I just want to make this little volcano and pour some hydrogen peroxide and some baking soda to make it erupt. That's great, Mike, but let's make it life-size. That little tabletop ain't going to do nothing, man. You want an A? We've got to make it life-size. And so, man, he'd go out there, and, and we'd start the construction process, and attention span, little Mike O'Hare, gone, and guess who stayed up all night building a life-size volcano? My dad. 
And man, it was awesome, man. He painted it. it we poured like gallons of peroxide and gallons of baking soda in there, and he backed that thing up to the church, to the, to the school, and, and as he unloaded off the trailer, we put it up into the school, and guess whose name got slapped on that science project? It wasn't my dad. It was me. That's me. I did that. And every teacher, and you guys who are teachers know better, that when you walk by, you're like, man, little seventh grade Mike is a good construction worker. He, he can really build a life-size volcano. That's very impressive, Mike. My dad did all the work. I just put my name on it. I got the A, but actually my dad earned the A. And if we're not careful, we can allow our kids to have that science project faith where we as parents, we develop our own faith and we work out our own faith and we're pursuing holiness and we don't allow our kids to own their own faith. And we just kind of allow them to kind of give them, hey, you know, since mom and dad are great believers in Christ, I must be a great believer in Christ as well. And our role as parents is to transfer responsibility and to transfer this soul um, faith onto our kids. And we've got to teach them and disciple them to own their own faith. We get this idea out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. And if you guys have your Bibles, or it's going to be on the screen as well. Deuteronomy 6, uh, Moses is uh, just coming back from the mountain. He's received the Ten Commandments, and he's teaching it to the people that he's leading. And here's what it says here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. He says, These are the commands, the decrees, and the laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you, to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So that you, and I have this all underlined in my notes, and hopefully they're in your notes underlined too because it's so important. So that you, your children, and their children, you get that, you, your generation that you're that following after you and their generation following after them, may fear or this holy reverence the Lord your God as long as you live. You see, we have the power living inside of us to change generations to generations to generations. Our calling is to pursue Christ. Our calling is to disciple and to lead, to teach, to train the generations that come out after us. So two important principles that we need to live out of Deuteronomy chapter 6 to help transfer the dependence of God over to our children. Number one, number one, You've got to love your God. You've got to love your God. Look what it says here in Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. And this is the Shema. And these people would pray this three times a day, morning, noon, and night. And here's what it writes. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. And with all of your strength. You see, the problem is too many times in our culture, the heart that, that we want our kids to have and the love that we have in the, in the world we live in, it becomes very distracted. And we want them to love God, but man, there's so many distractions in life and uh, we got to give them the right kind of uh, club soccer or the, the, the travel baseball team or the, the best dance squad and those kind of things. And we want the best things for our kids, the best experiences for our kids. We didn't have them when we grew up, so our kids should have them now. And They've got to have leather seats on their booty in order to have a good car. And if they don't get a new car by the age of 16, that's really on the line of that's borderline child neglect and abuse. And we live in a society that just pushes that so hard. And we think that that's the main priority, to make them happy. And if not, our pursuit and what we should be as parents is not just happiness, it's holiness. 
that it doesn't matter about our kids' happiness. Or it's the holiness. It's the love for God. And if we're not careful, this is such a good quote. If we're not careful, we become child-centered parents rather than God-centered parents. We revolve around our kids and not God. The most important relationship that we have as parents is to love God with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, and with all of our strength. And then comes family, and then ministry, or, or, and work, in that order. But God is our revolving. That's who we revolve around is God, and we must love God. You guys have it in your listening guide, and I believe it will be up on the screen as well. If, if Maybe not. But it will for sure in your listening guide, but just follow along uh, as I speak this into uh, uh, what you guys can hear about these percentages of kids who become active Christ followers of, of adults, uh, as adults. And I found this uh, study a few years back, but listen to these percentages of kids who become active followers of, as, uh, for Christ as adults. If mom and dad went to church, 72% of the kids will as adults. That's a great percentage. If mom only went to church, 15% of the kids will as adults. If dad only went to church, 55%. Now, that's a great jump from just 15. So we as dads, that should tell us even the, the greater influence that God calls us to be, the leader, the spiritual leaders of our household, that if dad shows up and he helps uh, train his kids, then 55% of the, of, the, of the kids will become followers as adults. But now if neither mom or dad, then there's only 6% chance that their kids will as adults. If we become fully devoted followers of God, then our children have a greater chance to become fully devoted followers of Christ as well. We've got to, got to, got to love God first. That's our responsibility. That's our priority to love God. Number two, we've got to lead our families. We lead our families. We lead them in spiritual talks, not just about what happened on Sunday or what happened in kids' way or what happened on midweek, uh, but we have conversations throughout the week. It's part of our DNA. That's who we are. We have spiritual conversations throughout the week. We get this out of Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9. It says, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts and press them on your children Talk about them when you sit at home and when, you're, and when you walk down the road or when you lie down and when you get up and tie them as symbols around your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. I would even go a little farther. As you're driving down the road in your car, as you're hanging out in the backyard in hammocks just talking about the goodness of God, you have spiritual conversations throughout the week. It's not just something that when you go to church that happens. It's already there in the present seven days a week. We lead our children spiritually. Now, there's a quote that I like, and it's from Edward Duke of Windsor. And actually, he did a research and a study on American parents. And this is pretty uh, gut-checking um, when it comes to the way that we as Americans raise our kids. Look what he says here. He says, The thing that impresses me most about America is the way the parents obey their children. That's alarming. His observation was, parents obey their children. When you let that sink in, and we got to realize that, man, that is not what we're called to do. 
We are called to lead our family. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and try to give us a big old list of what to do and what not to do to be leaders of our household. But what I am going to do is I'm going to encourage us to do this. This is, this is uh, the next fill-in. To lead intentionally. To lead intentionally, meaning purpose. You lead with purpose. Um, there's a quote that I, that I like to use often, and it says this, that everyone ends up somewhere. Few people end up somewhere on purpose. And I want to be someone who ends up somewhere on purpose, not just like wake up one day and I just happen to just be where I am because of just some happenstance. I want to be purposeful in the way that I raise my family, and we as parents, we need to lead intentionally. You never heard anybody say this as they're walking through life, just say, whoops, I tripped and became holy. You never heard that. You never hear, like, I stumbled into holiness. You never hear that phrase. You never hear a parent who their child is a phenomenal when it comes to being a follower of Christ or phenomenal in a certain sport or a certain area in life. You never hear a parent just say, well, we just got lucky. Yep, just got lucky. No, there was some intentionality. There was some purpose behind developing that kid into who they were and who they are. It doesn't just happen by happenstance or accidentally just slips up and they're holy. And we've got to be intentional in the way that we raise our kids on purpose. Uh, in Proverbs 22, which is a really good place to start, it's a wisdom book in the Bible. It says this, Train a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Listen to this. We have to have value for our family identity and the influence on our family because we know that where family identity is strong, peer pressure is weak. And where family identity is weak, influence is weak, peer pressure is strong. Knowing that we are the biggest influencers in our kids' lives, we as families have to lead with purpose and intentionality. So training from the Proverbs, just some quick little... um, Wisdom uh, uh, snippets out of Proverbs, and I would encourage you guys to take these and unpack them and read them and own them for yourself. But I'm just going to kind of go through this. And like I said earlier, this may be a really good thing to kind of just post out and just maybe uh, print up and put on your refrigerator somewhere where you're going to see it uh, often and be reminded of what God calls us to do. Here it is, training from the Proverbs, some wisdom in raising our children. Number one, train them to manage God's money. Train them to be good stewards of what God has entrusted to them. Teach them to tithe. At a young age, teach them to tithe. If you do, um, uh, if you do chores and they get an, uh, an allowance, teach them that, man, 10% of that goes back to the church, and then you teach them how to, to have savings, those kind of things. But teach them to be good stewards of money. And the next one is you train them to carefully select their friends. This is so important. With years of ministry, understanding this, that, man, you absolutely become like who you hang out with. That bad company corrupts good character always. And so you teach them to carefully select their friends. Number three, you train them to watch their words. It is so important that the words that, they come out, that comes out of their mouth, it is attached to the presence of God. And you teach them early on that the words that they speak have power behind them. Power of life and power of death. It breaks my heart when I hear teenage girls say, oh, that's such an ugly picture of me, or oh, I'm hideous looking. Those those are words of death. And we as parents have got to correct that and and, and bring life 
and, and make sure that they're life-giving words and not words of death. The next one is this, that we train them to be responsible. We train them to raise the toilet seat up when they go to the bathroom so their moms and their sisters don't yell and scream. We teach them to be responsible. We teach them to hold the door for ladies and to be gentlemen. We train them to be responsible. Number five, we train them to guard their minds. It all starts in our minds. And whatever we ingest through our minds is going to eventually work itself out into our lives. Number six, we train them to be generous. We train them to give. We train them to serve their time, their talents, and their abilities. Understand that they're not theirs. They're all from God and they're for God. And so we teach them to be generous with everything they have in life. And the last one is this. We train them to fear God. And that word fear is not like, hey, you better be careful because God's going to break your leg if you sin. It's this fear, this holy reverence, this awe, this worship of this great big God. We teach them to have this fear, this reverence, this, this awe of who God is. So as we close today, this last quote is this. Are you leading your children or are your children leading you? We are called to lead. We are called to disciple the people that we do life with. And if you don't have kids this morning, man, this is great. Um, this is great uh, notes for you to take for the future if you do have kids. If you do not have kids, man, you have people around you. You have friends. You have coworkers that God has called you to influence. This exact same principles, they work themselves out into those areas of your life as well. As we go to God in prayer today, I want to just remind you that uh, this 2020 has been a different year, and when it comes to graduation, we usually um, uh, honor our graduates. Uh, usually this evening we would have done that in our church. But you'll see this coming week, we'll start pushing out information about our seniors and who they are and where they're graduating from, and you'll be able to see all the information of our seniors. And we did a special little um, surprise graduation video. Uh, that's actually going to come out today, a little surprise video we did at their homes uh, throughout last week. But then we're also going to be doing a video of the parents uh, speaking life into their kids and uh, giving them um, this graduation blessing uh, as you start seeing pictures of their kids. And let me just tell you this. As parents, um, understanding our greatest influence uh, in the people that we, do, that we do life with, the people that we raise, um, I heard this said one time about generations and generations. Andy Stanley said this. Sometimes your greatest, your, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be what you do, but who you raise. And so when it comes to who we raise and who God has trusted us with, we talked about money earlier, God has called us to be good stewards of what God has given to us as children as well. And as I look back at this 2020 class and I've heard these uh, graduation sayings and I've, I've, I've experienced life with these parents, I want to say thank you to these parents that are raising their kids in the fear and the admonition of who Christ is. And that they are pursuing God. They're loving God and they're leading their families. And I challenge all of us not to relax on that, but to be very intentional, to be very purposeful in all that we do. Let's go to God in prayer. As we pray, I want us to think through and ask ourselves, if our hearts are fully surrendered to God, do we understand that we have the chance 
for our children to move them out of this child-centered mindset and to move them into a God-centered mindset, to move them away from this immediate happiness and to pursue holiness in every single area and every single detail of their life. As we train our kids and as we do life with other people, God calls us to be the salt and to be light. And I pray, Lord, for the families that are watching today, and I pray for the families of our church, and I pray for the families of our graduates this year, God, that um, you would just continue to impress on them the importance of loving you first and foremost and to pursue holiness. And that you would continue to impress on us the, the priority that we have to lead intentionally in our families, in all areas realizing and understanding that sometimes when it comes to faith, it's not so much taught, but caught by the way that we do life. God, thank you for the blessings that you've given every one of us who have children. And I pray for the ones that uh, do not have kids, but they do have influence with the people that they do life with and their friends and their co-workers. God, I pray that you'll just continue to impress on them that they're called to lead the people that they do life with. They're called to love you and to lead others with all of our heart, soul, and our mind. God, make you, may we, may we make you the center of our lives. May we continue to revolve around you and not the people that we do life with. And as we do that, people see a loving God. And it spills out on the people that we do life with. And they can't help but experience what we already know, the love the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the self-control that comes out of our lives through the fruits of the Spirit. We love you, God. We praise your name. We ask these things in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we sing this last psalm, may it be the prayer of your heart that you make God the center truly of your life.